It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Rafters defeating the Los Angeles Clippers, who were admittedly shorthanded, but the Raptors didn't have ascendant star Scotty Barnes either. They're beating the Los Angeles Clippers 116 to 108. Also missing from this game, Isak Bonga, uh, as well as Goran Dragic and uh, David Johnson, as they have been missing from basically every game uh, for however long. So, yeah, the Raptors, I want to start at the end of this game because. It was really a huge veteran presence that helped the Raptors through this game. And for the first time this year, I think they were able to spam in action and brutalize another team down the stretch on their way to a win. Basically through the fourth quarter, the Raptors are trading buckets, a really nice run from OG Ananobi, a run of shooting, let's say, where he hit a couple threes. But basically from the five minutes and 30 seconds mark left in the game, That's when the Raptors started asserting their dominance. That's how they built from being down one to up eight at the end of the game, plus nine in the five and a half minutes. So how did they do this? Well, they started running a very simplistic pick and roll with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. At the start, it was against Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris guarding Pascal Siakam. Reggie Jackson guarding uh, Fred Van Vliet, of course. And so basically what happened was The first time they run this action, Pascal ends up guarded by Reggie Jackson. Only when they ran this action, they were overloaded on the strong side. So the Clippers were guarding like two players on the strong side as well as Fred above the break. So what happened was they could have switched anybody onto Pascal if the ball came to him. I still thought he should have gotten the ball. But anyway, they didn't end up switching. Reggie Jackson was just hovering in his vicinity. And since Fred wanted to do what he wanted to do, uh, the ball didn't end up going there. But Fred took the shot, and Pascal took that opportunity with Reggie Jackson on him to go hunt on the offensive glass, where he was spectacular in this game, by the way. I think four offensive rebounds, 15 defensive rebounds, particularly in a game where Cam Birch played 19 minutes, Boucher played 22, Precious played, I think, like nine him eating glass and being a presence to close out defensive possessions was a huge deal, not to mention how he was phenomenal defensively in the second half. But he grabs the offensive rebound. Fred, ever the student of Kyle Lowry, relocates and hits a three. The next time they give the ball to Pascal, boom, uh, free throws. And it's because they flatten that pick and roll out, they switched it, 
and Pascal did end up missing both free throws, actually, which, tough look, because he was four of nine from the line in this game. That has to get better, flat out. You can't go four of nine from the field. But he was so good in this game that I don't want to harp on that too much. So he had Reggie Jackson on him, ripped through, baseline, goes up. Next thing you know, he's, he's at the free throw line. He misses both. They get the rebound. Fred tries to take it to the bucket, misses the layup. Pascal gets the putback. Next time they run it, they flatten it out. They switch it again. Rip through Pascal, gets right to the bucket. Easy pickings, destroyed Reggie Jackson there. And so then the Clippers say, okay, well, we have to make an adjustment here. So they stick Terrence Mann on Fred Van Vliet. And Mann is good enough to guard Fred Van Vliet. They were just using him on OG earlier because, you know, OG was also having a game they wanted to minimize and mitigate what he was able to do. But he switches over so that Terrence Mann will now guard Pascal when they switch that pick and roll action. First time, Pascal takes it to the bucket and admittedly probably could have gotten free throws. He beat man off the bounce and the help side defense helped and he ended up missing the shot. But the next time they ran it, Pascal slipped the action, slipped the screen. Fred made just a terrific pass. Pascal, great little gather dribble, went up full power, full authority and dunked it hard. And that was, that was so fun to see that the Raptors were able to just go to the same action and pick on a team. Like, they're flexing their talent. They're flexing their muscles, and they're saying, this is something you can't stop. We have too many counters. It's not going to work. 30 seconds left, up three. The Raptors run a staggered, like a, a staggered screen set for Pascal. Headed to his left. The screeners are Chris Boucher first, Fred Van Vliet second. He gets past the first guy. Fred, as he often does, slips the screen into open space. Pascal finds the somewhat, it's not a flare because, you know, Fred wasn't getting a screen, but he's slipping into wide open space above the break. Hits a three. That was basically it. I mean, OG hit some free throws at the end. But the Raptors, very calculated, very clinical, very talented, just went to work against the Clippers, who, you know, they held Boston to 82 points last night. I think, or the night before. And this is a team that it, it plays gritty. It plays hard-nosed defense. And the Raptors finding an, an advantage, finding something they can go to down the stretch, really nice to see. Would it have been more difficult to navigate the paint if Avica Zubac was there or Isaiah Hartenstein? Perhaps, but it also might have been harder to contain the above-the-break action as well. It's just nice to see them go to something repeatedly, flex their muscles, and have it work. Overall, though, I mean, a pretty fun game. The Raptors bench, it, it reared its ugly head again, save for Chris Chris Boucher and Justin Champagny. Champagny, less so because it was such a short stint, but it was a positive one. And Chris Boucher, I think, had a really positive game in as far as just cleaning the glass and being active defensively. He didn't have a good first half, but nobody on the Raptors bench did. Under the tutelage of Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua, they basically... They gave up everything that the Raptors had earned as a lead in the first quarter. And the Raptors ended up going into the second half down, actually. And, you know, that's not a good look because the Clippers are shorthanded and the Raptors are safe for Scotty Barnes, as healthy as they've ever been. But there's some gelling that you're hoping to see. You're hoping for guys to figure stuff out. A big thing that was a huge positive in this game as well is that Pascal, of course, is going to take a little bit longer with the ball because he knows he can beat a lot of guys off the jump, off the rip. 
And so you want to let him have time to read the floor and see if he can punch a hole in the defense, punch a gap, create rotation or something like that. Anyway, so that's why he takes a little bit longer with the ball. And there's some passing chops from a standstill that he has. I mean, I think he finished with six assists tonight or seven assists tonight, sorry. But the the sheer amount of shots he created, some of them ended up being free throws. But just he took the attention the Clippers were throwing at him and he turned it into a lot of great looks for his teammates. So you want to give him a little bit of extra time with the ball. And the great thing was that OG Ananobi, opposite of that, decided that he would take significantly less time to make his decisions. OG so far this year, with the ball in his hands, it's been a little bit sticky because he's trying to get into his reps. He gets into like workout ball mode where the ball is going to stay in his hands. He wants to get into his dribble combos. He wants to do stuff like that. And he wasn't attacking advantage so much as resetting and trying to beat guys just straight up. That's something he's been leaning into this year, which is a nod to some of his skill development, but also something he's he's not attacking advantage enough. And in this game, opposite the the little extra time that Pascal took, OG took less and still ended up with 26. And not only that, but in the fourth quarter, really helped fuel the Raptors' defense and offense by being an absolute hawk above the break, shutting down a lot of the primary actions that the Clippers were going to initially. And not only that, like making them go to secondary actions, making their offense less potent by the second that ticks off the clock, but also getting steals, getting runouts in transition, just being overwhelmingly positive. Like, Finishing with 26 points, six boards, four steals on 50% shooting. He hit three threes. He was 43% from downtown and got to the line for eight attempts. Only one turnover. No assists, but, you know, you're getting really picky at that point. This was a phenomenal OG Ananobi game and a hell of a way to kind of come back in. And he and Pascal have been not, not a horrible fit or anything so far this year but it's been a little bit funky because they've both liked to sit with the ball in their hands. And so the def or sorry, not the defense, the offense could get a little bit dry on certain occasions if they're taking too long to make reads. This game, he played off of Pascal phenomenally, and as did Fred. I mean, when Pascal wasn't getting the looks and the Clippers were going to great lengths to front and keep the ball away from him, Fred was taking a lot of shots, and that's fine. But Pascal was the great motivator in this game, and the Raptors got their best looks, their most efficient looks when they were able to run through him. And I think Fred and OG in particular co- correctly recognized that, and that's why the Raptors' offense was so successful late, is they they went to assert Pascal first and then let the breakdowns come from there. If the teams wanted to overplay it in that space, now OG, now Fred can thrive, and particularly from three-point land in the second half where the Raptors, they got bludgeoned in the first half from three. But in the second half, they came back in a meaningful way. And so that was just awesome to see the offensive process there. Ken Birch, pretty slick. Pretty slick, like 20-minute stint that he had. Was moving pretty well defensively. And offensively was moving great. He's obviously, he's not going to be a, a supernova of an offensive player or anything like that. But he sets good screens. And he was moving really well within the middle of the Clippers' defense. And most importantly, when the ball touched his hands, he was moving it downhill for a pop shot or a layup or something like that, or he was moving it along like a pitch play to somebody else to rescreen. When the ball touched his hands, something slightly positive or overwhelmingly positive was happening, right? Like he's getting to space on the floor where he can make a shot, or he's moving it and helping create separation for a player by screening. Really slick offensive performance. His defense... 
not all the way back because Kem can be quite good when he's there. And he's been nursing that knee injury, right? He's been trying to get back to his full physical form. And so we're still waiting on that a little bit. But I was pretty happy with the turn, the returns in this game. And also, Pascal and Fred really deserve love, especially in that second half for how they played defensively. Fred, of course, is just a nuisance in every single type of possession defensively, but especially when he gets to double up on somebody or dig down and really be aggressive on ball and hunt. That, that was a really nice aspect of his game. Even if the steals weren't super, super high, two is great. And he had one of his classic one block slash steal thing, right? Where he's stripping guys on their way up. They counted as a, a block instead of a steal, which he hates. But yeah, Pascal as well. I mean, as the low man, and this is something that Scotty Barnes really came along with very well recently in these past five or six performances for him is, these nice sweeping rotations to not reject guys at the rim all the time, but to contest shots and to be kind of a deterrent to interior passing. And Pascal, I think, was a nice hawk down there. And he really moved the Clippers away from a lot of what they wanted to do with the contest at the rim, but also making sure that there were less passing avenues for them. And he patrolled that part of the court with Chris Boucher and Boucher particularly at the end there did a really nice job cleaning up some possessions and Pascal of course finishing with 19 boards 15 defensive ones just awesome awesome to see not to mention he would switch across so many different actions just to complicate it for the Clippers like the Clippers want to run an action where Luke Kennard slips into space a la Fred like they the Raptors run that Stager action at the end of the game Pascal they don't want him to go downhill so they overload and when they overload, Fred has space to slip into. The thing is, though, if you have like Fred and Pascal involved in a stagger set for the Clippers, where let's say Terrence, one of Serge Ibaka or Terrence Mann is the first screener, Luke Kennard is the second, Pascal can just slide off of Serge Ibaka if Luke is the one slipping into space, and then he can stick Luke on ball or off of it for the rest of the possession. And he has the smarts to read the defensive floor that he can still rotate off of him. Somebody will rotate to Luke because he's the best shooter on the floor at all times for the Clippers. And Pascal can come contend for defensive rebounds or a shot contest at the rim or something like that. It's super, super helpful. It just mucks up so many actions that the Clippers want to run. And while they had some miscommunications, I not really Pascal's fault. Like the Everybody was miscommunicating to some degree during that second quarter and the tail end of the first. But Especially in that that third and fourth quarter, the Raptors' communication was really, really nice. They were able to keep pace with the Clippers, stop a lot of their primary actions, move them into second and third stuff. And really, when teams are forced to go to secondary and uh, tertiary stuff all the time, their offense is going to be so much worse. You know, when teams get to run their primary action, that's what they want to do all the time because they're typically they're doing their best stuff unless it's. Unless it's some sort of, you know, there could be a decoy action and then you start running like, you know, a Chicago action on the opposite side and trying to tilt the floor defensively or something like that. But uh, that would be semantics if you were to argue, is that the primary or the secondary truly? What's going on, right? But yeah, the Raptors, down the stretch, they got a lot of success from their primary actions and the Clippers did not because the Raptors did a really good job defending them. I mean, hell yeah. Gary Trent, uh, not his best game. Pretty muted from him, actually, on all fronts. The the hunting of uh, possessions defensively didn't... This was one of his only zero-steal games of the season, I believe. 
Uh, they don't happen often, but they did tonight. And zero assists. And I actually, you can go to raptorsrepublic.com and you can read an article I wrote. It actually came out today about how Gary Trent Jr.'s decision-making as a ball handler has actually been really good lately. And it's led to the best playmaking stretch of his career. And that was, you know, this stretch prior to this game. And whether it's out of pin downs or dribble handoffs or pick and rolls, even just as a, a in motion, as a cutter, he's been making a lot of good decisions, creating shots for his teammates and more at the bucket than you might've expected. But in this game, that wasn't really present. And I think he started out, I think three for five from the field. There were a lot of open shots for him early, but as the Clippers kind of dug in and, and their defense can be quite good with this unit, they've, you know, it's a gritty bunch of guys who, you know, Serge was probably the weak link defensively on the floor on a lot of possessions, but they still play quality team defense. They really do. And like Ter- guys like Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey, Justice Winslow, Bledsoe, they, they really have strong defensive games. Terrence Mann overall, just what a game for that guy. <laughs> I mean, I really, really like Terrence Mann. I think he's one of the most functional athletes in the NBA. Balance, coordination, strength, explosion. He is so so unbelievable i mean he could guard chris paul he could guard donovan mitchell he could guard pascal siakam he could he can guard a just a slew of players and be really successful at it and especially when he's in the open floor his handle is tight enough that he can get to a lot of spaces he's so good at jumping off of both feet euro steps he's very controlled at the rim he's and and he's he hit his threes in this game i'm not sure how I'm not I'm not quite sure where he's at. I think it's like around like 37, 38% from three on the air on around three attempts, which is great because he's like he's a defense first guy who's really starting to kind of spread his wings offensively. And man, he was so great in last year's playoffs too. But I just really like Terrence Mann. I think he's a phenomenal player. He's a guy I wanted to like if the Raptors could have picked him up last year. I know the Clippers love him in-house, but yeah, and he was awesome tonight. He deserves a lot of props for his game, but yeah, uh, I, wow, I did not like Svee's game tonight. I, I thought the offensive decision-making was really quite poor. There were times where he looked off better options in pursuit of his own shot, whether that ended without a shot or with one. Uh, there were possessions that he looked off better uh, better situations for other players in, in pursuit of his own stuff, and it just did not work out. Utah as well. Utah, really poor offensive game. He's always going to be pretty strong defensively. I mean, his closeouts, his his awareness and all that kind of stuff was fine tonight. It wasn't like the best thing you've ever seen, but he was 0-4. There were a couple times where he was led into, you know, momentum headed towards the rim and his reliance on his left hand, you could it really showed tonight because all the Clippers contested him that way and where a finish with his right may have been available and quite easy. You could see with his body contorting to try and get to the left. He finished over four, and it's just tough offensive performance. It's not. It's not a. There's no dialogue necessary on it. It's not like, oh, what about Utah? It's fine. He's he's a very consistent, good role player. He'll continue to be that. Tonight just wasn't his night. So, eh, nothing, nothing too big. Not a big deal to me. But overall, yeah, man, what a blast. That that game was really really enjoyable. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, the Reggie Evans Award, Pascal Siakam, 19 boards, works so hard on both sides of the floor. That one is as easy as they come. Top quick reaction comment is from Arshdeep Singh. Quote, Siakam, well, you list the points of, okay, end quote. You list the points of Siakam, Fred, and OG. Start the quote. 
just a dominant performance by our three longest tenured drafters on the roster, end quote. Hell yeah, man. Like, how cool is that to see, right? The guys who are there, who have been there, who, when you think of Freddie, guarded, like, these guys have so many fun memories on this team. They've been a part of so many cool and unique happenings, moments for the Raptors. I mean, Pascal hit the championship winning shot over one of the greatest defenders of all time in Draymond Green for the Raptors' first championship. And he had 26 points in that game. And, like, I think, like, man, I think he had 26, 10, and 6 in that game. Like, just awesome. Super awesome performance. Freddie, everybody knows what he did in the finals. He should probably be an all-star this year. He has been good enough. I, Man, on everything, he has been good enough. He deserves a spot on the all-star roster. If Pascal had played the whole year, Man, he might be he might be barking up that tree as well. It's just too many games missed, and he was coming back from surgery, so he started out a little bit slower. But he's been in a terrific run of form as well. And OG, I mean, OG is the star boy, the beloved. Like, Raptors fans love him. He's so charismatic in his own way. He's so funny. He's so likable, and he's on just an incredible contract. He, Yeah, he's, and he's a hell of a defender. It may, I don't know if he'll get all NBA this year. I mean, the league has been so topsy-turvy as far as, like, availability for people and team continuity and all that kind of stuff that who knows. But, you know, OG, he's been really good this year, too. He's taking steps in his own way, and it's cool to see the three, as you say, longest tenure grapplers figure it out on a night to, like tonight. So, yeah, Arshdeep, thanks for writing in. Listener, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. But... Whether you're listening to this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.